Oh my goodness, have I been gone for so long. So, November 3rd, 2020, I had twins, boy-girl twins, Christina Elizabeth and Christian Amos. Um, this is crazy. They were 35 weeks and 3 days, and... Christina was 3 pounds, 14 ounces, born at 2.59 p.m. And Christian Amos was born at 3.02 p.m. Baby B. He was 4 pounds, 14 ounces. Oh, God, did they showed their personalities early on. Christina is chill but strong-willed. Christian is chill, but again, like, once he's mad, he's mad. Like, you know he's mad. When Christian and Christina were first born, they were on every three-hour feats around the clock. So, it would look like the first hour I would pump, right? So, well, 20 minutes I would pump, but he was to set up getting the out, hooking it up, actual pumping, putting everything in the sink, washing it, getting ready for next time. Second time, second hour would be feeding the babies, which, because they were so little, it would take every little bit of an hour. Um, and then the next hour would be either eating, sleeping, taking care of the house, taking care of myself, etc. And that is starting over, like, three, 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 until you get to the next day. Something they do not warn you about is postpartum depression. So, when I had their twins, the next day, they came and talked to me and said, Look, you already have depression. You're more susceptible to having postpartum depression. This is what to look for. Call us if you need us. We stayed in the NICU for eight days. I was discharged, I believe, the third day, the second or third day, because I was doing pretty good. Um, thankfully, the hospital allowed me to stay at the hospital until the babies were born, which amazing. So the first eight days we had nurse help, doctor help, mom and daddy got a little break, um, and then we come home. And COVID had happened while I was on my dress and out of commission, COVID happened. The whole world exploded around me and I was in my bubble. So, the first shock was 
you know, not having the family there. Like you dream of, you know, my first babies. And you dream my grandparents, aunts and uncles coming to see the baby at the hospital. Yeah, well, that didn't happen. Thanks, COVID. I, we got out of the hospital and we went to see my brother and sister-in-law. Amazing. And then I went home. Amazing. But then again, when I got home, very lonely. Thanks, COVID. So my husband was getting ready for deployment. So right when I got home that next day, I was solo mommy. But it was hard as heck, let me tell you. Like I said, every three hour feet around the clock, my husband would get up in the middle of the night to help me feed even though he had to get up early in the morning to go to work. Um, I would try to let him sleep through it. Sometimes I could, and sometimes I could not. And now looking back, I have no idea how we survived that. So I was so deep into my routine that Postpartum depression hit me like a brick wall in the gut. Right when you don't expect it, right when you think you're in the middle of chaos, postpartum depression just sneaks his happy little tail in there and says, Hello, here I am to wreck your world. Now, when you think postpartum depression, or I did, before having kids, it's people with postpartum depression want to hurt their kids, they want to hurt themselves, etc. While I am sure that there are many types of postpartum depression may hit every person different, the way that it hit me was not I want to hurt myself or I want to hurt my kids. The way it hit me, it was, my kids deserve a better mother than me. Let me explain. I did not have amazing programs. I had a very different upbringing. The kind that you recover from. The kind that when you look back, you take things here and there but you basically want to break the mold and start over. Because I was basically starting from nothing, it was scary. I literally thought because I came from brokenness that I was not worthy of these children. Now, if you don't remember, this is my seventh pregnancy. And these children were wanted, they were loved, 
They were prayed for. They were waited on. I mean, there's just no accident pregnancy. So, that's why it hit me like a, like a brief walk in the gut when my soul was telling me, you're not going to be good enough. These children need a person to love them like you cannot. This person needs perfection. This person needs what you are not. And that was the hardest thing to swallow. Another thing about society is they will tell you if you reach out for help, if you tell your doctor that you're struggling with postpartum, that your babies are going to get taken away because there's no way that you can get past that. Well, let me tell you that I did reach out. I did get on medication. I was completely honest with my doctor and they did not take my children away. In fact, they helped me. They gave me resources. They gave me the medication that I needed to even out those crazy hormones. And now that I am 11 months into it, let me tell you, it does get better, even though at the beginning, it really doesn't seem like there's an end to getting up every three hours, every three hour phase, changing diapers every three hours and baths, and you're feeling like you're a, you're a robot, it does get better. The kids sleep through the night now. They're in daycare. They're socializing. I am back at work. My husband is not home at the moment. He's in the Middle East. So that came with his new set of challenges. But if we are solely focused on the positive, that could come from this is I am a stronger not only person but wife, sister, mother because I had no other choice but to be a parent but to try hard of my marriage to eventually have to get up and get out and do life. So yes, postpartum depression sucks. But postpartum depression is not defining you. Postpartum depression is not the end all be all. Postpartum depression is a state. It's a momentarily 
that you're in and if you reach out there's help from your doctor from your friends from your family oh my goodness did my family step up not only my family but my husband's family they both stepped up and carried me through it and not only me but also my husband and these last these last six or seven months maybe eight of deployment have not been fun again family has picked us up scooped us up and said it's gonna be okay And every time I see my sister-in-law, she tells me, I'm proud of you, which is, which to her, could just be, I'm going to let her know she's doing a good job. But because my husband's not here, because I left off on my family, because I do try hard every single day, because I'm mom and dad, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week until my husband comes back to be able to do teamwork again. I'm it. It's exhausting. It takes everything out of me to put on for your children so they feel like they're secure and safe which they are but i'm saying like all on your own and again it sounds like you're gonna break but if you use your resources if you use your family resources if you hear those people that are saying you're doing a good job on those hard days as hard as being a mother is it's worth it it's worth it to stick it out. It's worth it to happen in the first place. It's worth it to break generational molds. It can't end with you. No, I did not have the greatest mother example me growing up. But I could try my darnest to be the best mother that I can be with these two little souls and for my three little bonus babies. Um, I can try to be a good wife, I can try to be a good sister, I can try to be a good daughter. There is this wonderful lady who's been in my life for nine years who I call mom. And that's who I look up to for inspiration. That's who I call when my kids are sick, when I'm sick, when I need advice, when to find this, that, or the other. I call mom. And she's always there. And that's what I want to be. I want to be the phone call my kids make when they're stuck. They can't think. 
of where else to turn and they tried everything. That's what I want to be for, for my kids. Eventually I will do another, um, another podcast about what it's been to be mother of twins. But I thought that before I get to all the wonderful, pretty things of motherhood, that I would get to the ugly because nobody talks about it. Makes you feel lonely, makes you feel like, well, you're a freak. You're not. It happens to almost every woman and because it's not talked about there's shame around it and there shouldn't be mental health good or bad it's a beautiful thing you getting help is a beautiful thing me getting help was a beautiful thing i believe me and my OBGYN team are better for it. We have a deeper connection because of me being able to tell them how I truly felt and them walking me through not only the first few months after postpartum and through postpartum depression, but through this whole motherhood journey, I just saw them for my one year, um, well woman visit, and I feel like because connections were made, it wasn't just a routine doctor's appointment, it was a huge update on my family. And yeah, oh yeah, you're my doctor. <laughs> but I want to open those lines of communication for you if you're pregnant, if you were pregnant, if you miscarried, if you had a stillbirth, whatever your journey is. Even if you're still trying to get pregnant and it's just not happening. Whatever stage of motherhood you're in, reach out. Talk to your doctor. Talk to your spouse. Talk to your parents. Talk to your friends. Build a network of people that have your back. Because I promise you, it will be less lonely. It'll be worth it. Anyway, that's all I have for now. Because it is 2 in the morning. These are just my 2 in the morning thoughts. Um, I hope you guys have a wonderful Tuesday. It is Tuesday now. Um, hopefully I will not wait a year before I may make my next one. <sighs> Alright, well, have a good day, guys. Bye.